I mean, I still do, to be honest, feel guilty to say, <laughs> I mean, fast forward, you know, I is a, almost a year and a half now. And here we are, you know, a year and a half later, and she's pregnant again. And sometimes I'm just like, I come home from work. I'm just like, I need to just lie on my bed and be alone. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. And I do it. And then five minute pass, six minutes pass. I'm just like, I feel really guilty, which I mean, I don't think we should feel guilty because at the end of the day, we all get tired. We're human. Um, but it's just a natural feeling. I think I'm just, it's probably more out of, you know, like you said, empathizing with what she's going through. Marhaba. Ana Rami Sam'an. Ana Tariq Dajani. Ana Mazen Jama'a. Welcome to Al Ubuwa. This is a very special episode. It's a takeover of Al Umuma. Baba cast. Mm, we're nice starting one, with Mazen. the dad jokes very, very quick, very soon. There. Well, we're I, celebrating a big, uh, a big occasion. One that doesn't get much. Uh, it's going to be huge. Much publicity, if you ask me. Are we going to get into men's rights now? Yeah, let's mm. go. Let's go. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, daddies. So of what? Are, so what? How are we going to start, Mazen? So, a uh, first, first question. Obviously, this is a podcast that our wife set up. Mace uh, is my wife. Uh, Karen is my wife. And Sara Sarsura is my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Cute nickname, Tarek. Interesting tidbit for the listeners. We've actually known each other much longer than they have. 100%. Mm, You and Mazen went to uni together. Yes. Mazen and I went to university together. Tarek and I have known each other since we were just a little bit older than... (laughs) 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 0.5? Something something like that. We young lads. Yeah, it's been a while. Very, I mean, we actually, I five. actually knew Mazen before he even met Mace as well. Oh um, yeah. Well, or in university? Had you met, yeah, in university. No, no, I, I met yeah. Mace. I think I met ago. you in your first year in Royal yeah, Holloway. Hundred percent mm. through, through Rami. Good times. So basically, connection is Rami, and then we connected our wives. So all and of they this, created this podcast. So all of this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for us. <laughs> I think. A good starting point to ask you, how did you feel when you found out your wives were pregnant? Tarek, please take this one. I looked at you. I was hoping you'd take <laughs> it first, but fair enough. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to summarize the emotional um, response. It was joy, of course. Um, I mean, it was all positive emotions for me at the first time when I found out because we were trying and um and uh, i mean it was one of those situations i don't know if you guys had a similar experience but sarah did a pregnancy <coughs> test um one of those devices that you buy in the pharmacy and then she came out and smiled so it was it was just a very nice moment a special moment and uh yeah i mean it was, the, the first pregnancy was fantastic i mean finding out was was a pleasure how did you feel the uh, the second time around seeing as sarah's around I was like, seven, oh no, six or seven months we're pregnant. done. <laughs> One more. <laughs> no, it was, it was a great feeling as well. Uh, I mean, with the second one, the, the best part of it, I think, was um, because the first time we didn't really want to know the gender. So it was a surprise. Damn. So the, the beautiful part of finding out with the second was revealing the gender or finding out the gender. And I mean, either way, we would have been happy. But when we found out it was a boy, it was, you know, it made it more special because it was, you know, the first was a girl. You've completed the set. Yes. What about you guys, Rami Mazin? 
likewise, I um, I guess emotionally speaking, we were very, very happy. Um, we were trying. Uh, so it was a planned pregnancy, obviously. And when it happened, Karen did surprise me with the... Uh, with a pregnancy test, and I was very surprised, but at the same time, I, I mean... The stick? The yeah, the stick. stick. So she, she surprised <coughs> me with a stick. Um, oh, you didn't know she was she was doing the test? She just came up to you after, randomly? So we'd just been to the movies, actually, and, well, I found out later on that Karen took a little trip to the, uh, the bathroom and uh, peed on a stick, and she found out in the middle of Avengers Endgame. Oof, sick film. And you had and then, ended her game. <laughs> Or I ended my own. Are you Did she tell you in the cinema? She didn't tell me in the cinema, no. So she, uh, we finished the movie. We went back home and that's when she surprised me. I was brushing my teeth. I went back to, uh, went back to bed and there it was. Electric toothbrush? No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. No, so yeah, I got back to uh, my side of the bed and there it was. Just uh, on the uh, nightstand. Amazing. The positive sign and... Uh, just very delighted. I looked at her. We jumped around. We were so happy. And uh, yeah, the rest is uh, the rest is history, as they say. Incredible. And um, I mean, mine is probably similar to Karen's uh, and Rami's in the sense that Mace loves surprises. Um, but <clears throat> I gave her the pregnancy test. She peed on it and she tricked me because uh, I was waiting outside the bathroom and she's like, I'm so sorry. Um, like I got my period and uh, like it came negative or something like that. So I was uh, I was kind of I was disappointed, but I didn't want to show her I was disappointed. So I'm like, it's okay. You know, these things take time, and we'll do it worry. next month. And then I started saying like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is better because uh, you know the timing is not is not a hundred percent. And like, actually, this is gonna be kind of better financially and all these kind of things and. What she did was she went, it was positive. Uh, she knew that she was pregnant from the test, but she wanted to go to the hospital to check. And in that time, she went and got like a gift. And that's how she surprised me. Um, and also just the emotions are, are incredible. And I think, you know, at least from my side, I always felt quite included, even from the start. Uh, I know Mace kind of made it an effort for me to be included. Um, was that something that you had felt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think especially with the first kid, you know, you want to include yourself in the process as well. You know, you as a father, you want to be, um, you know, you want to experience everything with your wife as well. And that's I did feel that um, I was very much a part of it. Yeah. Um, all the way up until the delivery. Rami, how about you? Did you feel part of it? I did. Absolutely. Um, I can't say that I knew what Karen was feeling. Obviously, I, I, there's no way we could ever know. But I tried as much as I could to help her through the process, whatever I could do, at least just be there, listen to, to, to what she was telling me, ask her how she was feeling, if there's anything that I could do. It's a, it's a difficult one. How do you feel included in someone's pregnancy? Even if it is your wife, you're not really feeling the same symptoms. Mm. So we are talking, I guess, about having a connection with baby whilst baby is in the womb mm -hmm. so how do how would a father go now how, how, what did you guys do i mean we would we would talk to baby i would sometimes just rest my head on karen's uh, karen's belly like a pillow probably not the comfiest pillow um <laughs> sing to baby talk to baby we tried i mean we we just messed around honestly we had fun with it it was uh 
it was nice for Karen and I actually. N- never mind. I mean, we had no really, we had no way of knowing if baby could even hear us or feel what we were doing. But the fact that we felt it was having a positive sort of effect, it it, it made us uh, made us happy and feel like we were on this pregnancy journey together. In terms of what you're saying, Rami, I definitely agree. Although I think the slight not difference but maybe not something necessarily that that you had mentioned i know that i was actually quite nervous the first 12 weeks because i went right into the books i started reading everything to do with pregnancy i i was the reader mace was like chilling uh i was getting all these books like uh, beyond the the bump i think her name is emily oster i mean i'm sure the the ladies have mentioned some of those books but i i read quite a few and it was always basically that the first 12 weeks, that's the highest chance for miscarriage. So I was quite nervous. I was quite scared to even tell people. I was scared of like hasad. So I was, you know, wanting to hold off even telling our parents until it was three months. And I mean, thankfully, Mace was was quite um, adamant to, to tell them sooner. But, you know, it just it just felt so fragile, I would say, mm. Um that I was, that I think it, to a certain degree, it prob- I probably it probably made it harder for me to to bond, if you want, fully and maybe support Mace as much because I was so worried. Um, but I would say definitely, once the belly started showing, we crossed the three month line. Exactly what you're saying, Rami. I definitely started feeling more relaxed. I felt closer. You know, when the baby kicks as well, that that feels like such a momentous moment when when that happens that um it made me more relaxed and that gave me a much better opportunity to you know be there for mace to support her in the way that she might need it um and make sure that you know i'm i'm trying my best essentially to to help her Mm, that's the the one that i struggled with is bump connection um i mean i'm i'm more of i would say a visual person um so like for me i can't definitely see you yeah (laughs) (laughs) so for me i mean yes i mean it was really lovely feeling that first kick but i wouldn't say that it really added much um in terms of connecting um and i as much as i enjoyed the pregnancy journey or being with sarah on it um, it's very different second time round, but that's a different conversation entirely. But yeah, the first, the, as, as much as I enjoyed it the first time round, I definitely did feel that the connection was more between me and Sarah than me and, um, and uh, let's say, this, this baby that I haven't met yet. I, I can't feel what she's feeling. I can't, I'm not going through the same, let's say, um, wave of emotions and hormone hormonal changes as she is so for her every movement every growth every action it's all happening inside her and she's this carrier and protector of this baby so for me it's more um it was more about understanding like like you similar maz to you maz and i kind of went on this um reading frenzy um i probably went more down the route of podcasts but i was definitely kind of keen to uh, to understand um, how the you know how the journey of pregnancy works, I watched a, an interesting documentary. So yeah, I, I was getting super pumped about it all. But um, I would be a liar if I was to say that it was easy to connect with the baby bump. Uh, that one for me was tough. 
I have to also say, Tarek, you've um, you definitely created tension with me and Mace because <gasps> what you <laughs> what did I do? Drama. You always uh, massaged Sarah's feet, right? Man, these girls they have they have a way. They have a they so have a way. <laughs> I got I got kind of uh, told off. Tarek, he massages Sarah's feet every day. Why do you not? I'm like, just tell me you want me to massage it. Why no. do you not? Why I th- do you I think not? I, uh, I think I did that once per trimester. <laughs> <laughs> but I got I got so much uh, kind of flack for it in the sense of, in the sense that Mace was kind of like, you should know that I'm in pain, that I feel, you know, bloated, and that obviously a foot massage is going to be something that's going to help me. You know, so it. I know that Mace wanted and was hoping for me to maybe notice and, and realize that, as you were saying, hormone changes and pains and things like that. But it still was challenging sometimes. And I kind of just wanted mm. to be like, just tell me there's something you want me to do. Definitely. Sorry, Go ahead. sorry. No, I was, I was just going to add to what you were saying about the, about the whole foot massage thing. I think one of the challenges also being, <laughs> um, let's say, the fixer. And in a situation where you can't really fix anything, because if she's having trouble breathing, she's having trouble breathing. It's not like you can do anything to change that. If her feet are hurting, yeah, you can massage it. But I'm telling you, I mean, there's only one reason why I massage Sarah's feet every day is because it wasn't working the previous day. It never worked. <laughs> just never worked. Uh, so it was just a, re- a repeat every day. Her feet were in pain. So it's, it's just, I mean, it, for me, it was just a question of trying to be supportive. Um, but did I understand and feel and experience the same level of emotion and let's say that journey as her? I mean, I think it's, I think no father can really go through that and no father will really understand. It's just a question of being there as much as possible. And I guess trying to empathize with everything that they're going through. I guess as well, every mother or every mother to be goes through different, uh, different pregnancy journeys. So maybe Mace wasn't even getting the same kind of, uh, aches and pains that maybe Tarek's wife was getting. So yeah, while massaging is a good idea. Actually, I don't think I even did foot and feet massage. It was more of a shoulder massages, back rubs, was more of our thing with Karen. Uh, I'm sure on next episode, she's going to jump and deny that I did (laughs) many of those, if at all. But I I have a question for you guys. Did you, or how did you guys cope with, let's say the emotional changes that you saw in your your partners, um, your lovely partners? Um... I mean, I don't know exactly what you guys went through, but I'm sure there was definitely something going on there where you kind of had to just either tarnish <laughs> or cope or something along the lines of that. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough nine months. If I take the first trimester as the starting point, obviously, it was... Uh, Karen was very tired. She went through a lot of fatigue. So I was thinking, wow, if this is me not knowing what pregnancy is about, I mean, I had just sort of started my reading about it um around then obviously first month i thought okay if she's you know karen is sleeping a lot she's uh, she's feeling tired she'll wake up from a nap probably do about an hour grab a bite and then she'll she'll just jump right into another nap so i was worried about how how the rest of pregnancy was going to go emotionally she was absolutely fine it was more just the physical just feeling a little bit, uh, you know, fatigued and, and, and drained all the time. So I thought, okay, if anything, that probably prepared me. But 
as soon as we hit the second trimester, it was it was night and day. She she was much more energetic. Um, she was loving it, and if, if anything, I mean, I, when Karen talks about pregnancy now, she she actually misses being pregnant. She absolutely loved the journey of being pregnant, and I'm sure it's tough. And she had she had some days where. You know, it all got a little bit too much, or she was, you know, feeling uh, back pains and and tired and drained. But most, on the most part, it was it was it was smooth sailing, and we were quite fortunate in that sense. So I, I, I mean, w- what about you guys? How did you? Um, I was just <coughs> I was just picking up on the last point you made about um, the enjoyment factor. Um, I definitely can see that. Um, probably the uh, in- enjoyment factor definitely did over Trump, or you could say like maybe it was more of a highlight than let's say the emotional whirlwind. It's actually it's- over Biden now. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So, <laughs> so no, seriously. I mean, it was, it was, it was really. Yeah, I'm with you, Rami, on that one. Um, it was definitely a very exciting time. And yes, there was fatigue and exhaustion. And I did notice that in Sarah. But in a weird way, it was kind of exciting. Um, you know, learning about what's going oh, Why is she tired? What's going on? Is this because mm. of something? And then I'd go read up on it and we'd ask her dad. And then, her, you know, her dad's an OBGYN. So, I mean, I think it was just, it was more of like curiosity. And well, that's learning. handy. But now I'm not going to lie. It's a different ball game when you have when you Number when she's two. pregnant the second sure. time, yeah, because Andy, Fuck. because what a pun! Sorry, bro. Oh, I missed that one. I said it was handy that your father-in-law father-in-law's oh. another job. That's handy. <laughs> so um, yeah, the second time round, uh, it's a bit different. Uh, it's a lot different actually because. Obviously, taking care of of a one and a half year old, especially, I mean, you've seen our kids, I and Chloe, they're like, they're, you know, lightning bolts, (laughs) jumping up against the wall and down and like, (laughs) just full of energy. So, I mean, for Sarah, dealing with that, plus, you know, work situation normalizing and me being back in the office, plus being pregnant, it's rough. Like, it's, it's a, I mean, she's mentioned to me several times that she's, she feels more lonely than the first time around. It's much more difficult. Mm. Well, there's um, a lot more to juggle. Obviously, if you're, yeah. if, if she's, you're having to do a lot more time with Aya, I guess, when Sarah's mm. working. Mm. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely say the first time round we 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 connected a lot, me and Sarah, on mm. the whole curiosity factor. But this time round, there's been challenges, um, both positive and negative. But there's been challenges that we've had to kind of keep being aware of, and you know. Um, and some of them are like, okay, she's feeling alone or she needs help or, you know, Aya, she's exhausted from Aya. So there's a lot, there's a lot more on the plate. There's a lot more riding there that needs to be, you know, handled with care, I'd say. So Tarek, are you saying you saw more of an emotional change this time around? Uh, no, I would say this time around. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have, I've seen more of an emotional change I would through say. the pregnancy journey. Yeah. I've, I've, she's, she's, I mean, I've, I would say that I've felt. Uh, a lot more sensitivity from um, from Sarah and definitely a lot more challenges from a relationship standpoint of, you know, having the right communication between each other. Um, sure. You know, that's one element. But definitely throwing another kid in the mix and being pregnant, it definitely adds another layer of challenges. I mean, and, and if you consider on the fact that it's not the first, it's the second. Mm. So nothing is new. It's just like, okay, mm. 
let's get through this. And then it's very easy to forget that, you know, you're experiencing this together and you just take it for granted because, okay, you know, we did this first time around. Wow, three months have passed. Okay, this test has been done. So, I mean, at least that I would say from my perspective, that's been my biggest challenge is to kind of get involved in the pregnancy process. Um, it's not as exciting. It's yeah, not new. Yeah, it's the curiosity yeah. factor is probably a bit less. Yeah. I know... You know, for Mesa, actually, after Malik and everything, she was uh, quite concerned on having number two. She's like, I'm not sure if I can go through that again in terms of, you know, what it does to my body in terms of like she had a lot of nausea. Mace went through quite a lot of nausea um, and just the kind of general fatigue, as Rami mentioned. Unfortunately, Mace's nausea continued up until like her almost last month. Um but I know a big part of the emotional aspect for Mace was, you know, still feeling attractive, still feeling like she's, you know, the the person that she has in her mind, someone that does sports and is fit and, you know, goes out and has a good time and these types of things. And I, I know that was one of those things that, you know, you're almost, uh, you're giving birth to a new child. Um, at the same time, you're putting you're putting the the kind of you're putting your kind of old life away um and you know one of the ways that i tried to uh, help mace um was to always tell her you know obviously that i found her attractive and <coughs> pinch her butt and do these small things just to make sure that she was very clear uh, how i felt about her physically um and you know the big thing i think that was coming up as well um Towards the end of the pregnancy, we were engaging in quite a bit of coitus and quite a bit of sex because uh, Mace was like, this is going to help get the baby out. Induced labor. Induced labor, Absolutely. you know, and that was kind of... Oxytocin as well. 100%. Even there kissing, was, hugging, there so many benefits. love and affection. That's uh, And those are the things that I tried to kind of do to, to ensure that Mace was feeling kind of good about that and, you know, not, not be self-conscious about her body about our physical attraction um because you know all of that was leading up to the birth all of that was leading up to this big moment um and i knew it was important for her to feel like she was gonna be able to get herself back after the birth you know no that makes sense well i mean what did you do during this process to sort of help her to support her emotionally through that uh through these changes, I mean, would you say, I mean, some, some fathers, I guess, put on that sympathy weight as well. Did you pile on a few pounds? Yes. Um, it was bad because it was a pandemic, obviously. Um, so we were at home. We're not moving much. Um, Mace was pregnant. And um, definitely when I got back to the office, I got a lot of comments of, oh, wow, you've really uh, embraced the dad bod. So I definitely put on sympathy weight. Um and I'm hoping one day. Did to you get actually rid of do it. that voluntarily, though, knowing that? Okay, my wife is pregnant. I'm doing to help her, but <laughs> actually, you know what? I I remember reading in in a couple of the books um, that I think something like forty percent of men uh, gain sympathy weight. It's a very normal thing to happen uh, to a man, and even testosterone levels reduce, and all of these bodily changes take place in a man too when their wife gets pregnant um, i think it's also one of those situations where like while your wife is going through these cravings and you guys are sitting on the sofa and you're watching movies and she wants popcorn or whether it's reese's cups or whatever it is 
you know, and, and she's getting those Reese's cups. I guess it's, you could see it as a way that, you know, to bond with her over it. You know, those Reese's cup come, Reese's cups come. They arrive, there's three of them. She's not going to eat all three, right? You're going to have one. You might have two. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was, I mean, I definitely experienced, that was one part, actually, thinking out loud. It was exciting going through the cravings with her. You know, she'd crave Twizzlers one day. I was like, damn, I haven't nice. had Twizzlers in ages. <laughs> Let's get some Twizzlers. That's so good. Yeah. Karen, Karen ordered nice uh, nice Indian breakfast. I think twice within the space of an hour, the mm. same order. She just jumped right on and Deliveroo and repeat order. Bang. It was... Uh, nice. The, wor- the worst one like that craving. was we picked up a McFlurry from one McDonald's. And by the time we got to the traffic light, you know, five minutes away, she'd finished it. And she said, and she just gave me a look. And I'm like, you want another one? She's like, yeah. <laughs> So we went to a second McDonald's to get another McFlurry. I know the biggest, biggest craving, obviously for her, were were things like sushi. Um, And it was in my, I told her, listen, the moment you give birth, don't worry, we're getting sushi. We're going to have like a full feast of sushi the moment the baby's out. It was like the the main thing on her mind, almost in terms of craving. Something that you can't have usually, I suppose. It's a little bit of a forbidden fruit, right? I guess. 100%. What about raw, the birth? She, you mentioned that she had sushi right after um, delivering. But before that, how did how did it... I mean, I don't know about you guys. I thought I'd ask you guys first. But um, were you were you both in the room when, when, you know, when, when your respective partners delivered? Uh, yeah, actually, um, you know, in the run-up to the birth, I naturally read uh, quite a few books. Uh, one of them was... It's called Birth Partner. It's actually geared towards doulas. Um, I forgot the name of the author, but it was a really, really useful book because one, it broke down all the stages of pregnancy, which I had no clue. Um, And it's so funny because you always, you know, movies and sitcoms and all these things and you just realize it's so far from the truth because, uh, you know, it's not super exciting to have, uh, you know, someone's water not break and then it's just, you going and it's like a 12 hour wait you know that's not very exciting to put on on tv so it was nice to be able to read that i understood as well the kind of role that i could play throughout the process too you know um you know holding her massaging her these types of things were were really useful to read um and luckily i was there with her in the room um you know i mean I'm sure she's probably discussed her birth, um, so probably not something for me to mention, and it probably wouldn't make sense for me to talk about her birth. Um, but I would say I, I, you know, it was overall a, um, a kind of a positive experience for me in the sense that Mace always tried to include me to make me part of the that journey um, and be quite clear in terms of her communication to me. Um, but yeah, uh, luckily enough, we were able to to see him quite relatively quite quickly. Rami, what about you? Uh, well, yeah, it was interesting that you mentioned the water breaking as as sort of that trigger. Uh, it was also comforting to know that that doesn't actually make any sense at all or actually happen in real life. So it was good to know that you have more than 10 minutes to get to a hospital. So. Oh, to my surprise, labor lasted more than 10 hours. Um, 
But I mean, yeah, I remember I remember the experience. Obviously, like you, I don't really want to jump into that whole experience. Um, obviously, from my from my end, it was it was. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a it's a roller coaster of emotions. It's you're there in the hospital for for so long, and you're. I mean, you just have no idea how it's gonna when it's gonna happen, and when when baby's gonna come out, and when baby came out, I was just it was a mix of emotions. I was relieved. I was happy. I was exhausted even but thinking if i'm tired how's how's karen feeling um unbelievable really i mean it gives you you just i mean you're running on fumes but you just keep running at the end of the day and you're just it keep that energy keeps you going um and i would say that i mean because we we actually did some prenatal classes and we as much as we learned about the pregnancy journey uh, pregnancy itself and labor and I guess the first few months after labor, I think that's that's what the class has covered, at least from what I can remember. Nothing, nothing prepares you for the real thing. Um, yeah, especially because you're so tired. I know, like, I w- you know, you're sleeping on a couch and you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know the next step and you're trying to get answers and it's not very clear and you could tell she's exhausted. And, and at the same time, you're not the one going through it, yeah. right? So everything you learn, it's not it's not your body. This is something like a biological phenomenon that's happening but you're not really experiencing it so all you can all, all sort of i tried to remember to do was uh, keep her motivated or keep her happy uh, again just like pump that oxytocin hug her kiss her you know be there for her um, walk her around as well i guess to try and help induce labor so just try and i, I tried actively to have those reminders one thing to ask, and I don't know, Tara, if you want to jump in, um, you know, Rami, you're saying, you know, if you're, if I'm tired, how much she feel? Um, you know, it was something that I did feel during pregnancy and even at the birth. It's like, um, I don't want to say you can't complain, but it just, I felt guilty to feel, to, to want to, to say that I'm tired as well, or I feel exhausted too. You know, is that something that you felt in the pregnancy or in the birth as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did. I did, I mean, I still do, to be honest, feel guilty to say, <laughs> I mean, fast forward, you know, I is a, almost a year and a half now. And here we are, you know, a year and a half later and she's pregnant again. And sometimes I'm just like, I come home from work. I'm just like, I need to just lie on my bed and be alone. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. And I do it and then five minute pass six minutes pass i'm just like i feel really guilty which i mean i don't think we should feel guilty because at the end of the day we all get tired we're human um but it's just a natural feeling i think i'm just it's probably more out of you know like you said empathizing with what she's going through and thinking that uh, it's kind of shitty if i just (laughs) lie in bed there and she's pregnant trying to manage i uh you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. And um, back to the point you guys were discussing regarding birth. Um, for me, obviously, I mean, different to you guys a little bit. But Sarah had a C-section, so um, I don't know if it's if it's more of let's say a response when it comes to C-section, or if it's mutual between C-section and a natural delivery or a a, a natural conception. Uh, what do they call it these days? Just natural delivery. Yeah, natural delivery. Natural delivery. Um, uh, but 
I thought they were saying it's not natural delivery because a C-section is still natural. Didn't have oh, another term. That's a very good point. Right? Yeah. I don't want to be politically incorrect here. <laughs> no, in any case, uh, the difference between a C-section and a... Vaginal delivery. And a vaginal delivery. There we go. Mazin saves the day. <laughs> so The communist. For me, it was... I mean, the difference, I guess, from my perspective is that here we are, Sarah's like, going into an operating room there's doctors holding loads of different devices in their hands and masks and nurses and i'm just there i'm like dude like this is scary shit (laughs) sarah's shivering because she's so cold they're about to put a needle in her back so for me it wasn't a situation of hey the baby's coming it's is sarah going to be okay she's so so that's why like for me that whole process was very scary like i was scared you know i'm like what if a doctor makes a mistake what if you know anything can happen so even i mean it's funny that even because we didn't know the gender again like you know after the baby i heard the baby crying but i couldn't even connect with the baby in that moment because i was still like looking at sarah's face and seeing her shiver and being worried about her so they took out Aya and they were like, hey, they're trying to move the umbilical cord. What is it? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? I'm like, that's just an umbilical cord. That's not what you think it is. <laughs> and in the end, they moved it. We were like, it's a girl. And I'm like, yeah, it's a girl. But like my mind was still focusing on Sarah. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they had lifted out the baby and moved her to the tray to clean her up. And I'm still looking at Sarah. And, and then the, I think it was maybe the anesthesiologist or the nurse was like, uh, sir, do you, you want to see your, your daughter? I'm like, uh, oh yeah let's do this (laughs) so i went there and i just looked and i'm just like oh my god like this is just insane insane um i'm like i don't know what to do like suddenly i'm focusing on two people now and then Mm. the next like two weeks was just a rush of energy oh yeah you know um i was like a machine and then after two weeks that machine died (laughs) and i went back to myself (laughs) no but seriously it was it was an amazing experience um but definitely, I'd say, um, uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. That's beautiful. I think it's it's interesting what you said about, I mean, that difference of uh, the cesarean and the vaginal delivery. Um, I mean, Karen, Karen had the vaginal delivery, but I was still, I mean, I guess we still experienced some. Um, obviously, it was a long, it was a long labor process. Uh, the doctor did have to get involved. Obviously, we were it was a low risk pregnancy. So we went with the midwife-led care. Uh, but in any case, there was, there was still a need for the doctor to get involved in the end. Um, so I, was, I sort of reached that moment where I was like, okay, well, I mean, what's happening here? I mean, everything was okay in the end, obviously, but I, was, I, was, I didn't really know what to expect when the doctor got involved. I, uh, I thought everything was going smoothly. Um, so when baby did come out, I guess I was more... One, I was obviously relieved, but I was still sort of fixated on Karen. Is she okay? Is everything fine? Uh, and then I quickly moved on to baby. Is baby fine? And then you hear her crying. And, and I was just like, okay, thank God. Uh, Karen broke down in tears. I started crying. Oh, it, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of emotions. Um, and no matter how long that pregnancy journey was, you're just, you sort of click into the next gear now. Like, okay, baby's out now. Um, Obviously, she was with she was with Karen to start with, uh, but we. I remember we'd spoken about it before, and Karen suggested I do skin to skin after, after sort of Chloe had time with Mama, uh, and and we did some skin to skin. So I just uh, 
You know, it was the moment I'd been waiting for, the moment I'd worked out for nine months for. <laughs> Were you jacked? Or I ripped off my <laughs> shirt in the hospital ward and I was like, come on, Bang. let's do this. Those pecs were like flexing. <laughs> this was pre, pre-dad bod. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, so we did the skin to skin and uh, I mean, it was a surreal moment. It was a surreal moment. I just, I can't even, thinking back to that moment, how tiny they oh were. Uh, it was, it was. I swear. And she actually crawled. She crawled down. So I had her up on my shoulder and she crawled down going for my nipple. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not mom. These are packs. Uh, <laughs> there's a difference here. Uh, but it was, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, how, how did you feel about no, it? No, hundred percent. We did the skin on skin as well. That first meeting, the, the, the wave of emotion that you feel, I definitely, I mean, me and Mace were crying hard. Her mom was crying. Uh, I think some of the, the midwife. Who the was, doctors were crying. The midwives were yeah. crying. People outside were clapping. They're like, oh my God, he's here. <laughs> Roll out the red carpet. Yeah, this is the guy. Um, but you know what? In a way, in your mind, it feels like that. It feels like this is the most special um, human being that had ever uh, existed um and you know what I, there was always i don't know if it's because of like just the things that i read and like the statistics that you see and like things like you know the the you know the number of women that die during labor the number of babies that you know lie that also can can die and then things like the hospital telling us how great their uh, neonatal intensive care unit was in case mm. that's needed, all, all these things. And I think sometimes those statistics can, can freak you out. Um, but I was, you know, there was that concern, like both of you mentioned of Mace, she okay? Okay, she's okay. And it felt like it took forever for him to cry, mm. uh, for Malik to cry. And I'm just like, please cry, please cry, please cry, please cry, please cry. Come on, cry, cry cry and it just feels like forever and i'm sure in, in reality it's a couple of seconds right 100%. and it just felt like the it longest feels like forever and i just kind of want them to, to for him to cry Absolutely. um uh, but you know as you were both saying there's just such a, this immediate quick transition to now you've delivered okay now the real work starts now the new would life you, begins would you and both say that your mindset shifted straight after that i guess this child is now the center of your universe i i i mean personally i even though i feel pregnancy i didn't really go through many emotional changes i didn't i didn't really feel scared or concerned it was something we planned i was ready for pregnancy but i wasn't actually ready for fatherhood until baby was out um I mean, even even when we were leading up to due date, it was maybe in the last couple of weeks up to due date, I was not ready. I was saying, please just hold out until due date. I'm not ready. Um, and then suddenly, as soon as we hit due date, I'm like, okay, let's go. Bring, bring it on. And then we had to wait another nine days. But I was, for some reason, it was just that due date was mentally the day, the day that I, uh, the milestone that I needed to say, okay, this is the moment you're like this changes. is that moment and and i mean after your wives delivered did you guys feel that your role as a father was i mean did you have any expectations about that role or was it just like let's do this again uh i lent on literature uh i got a book called um 
the father's guide i think to fatherhood or something like that it was uh mm. you know those books with the cover the cover has like a like a lumberjack shirt you know because that's how men all are um chopping up some firewood <laughs> exactly you know head into the, the woods <laughs> we're gonna win this race we gotta win this race <laughs> lemonade that, that cool refreshing, refreshing drink, drink. <laughs> um but i remember that first night though it's like everything that i read and everything that i was prepared about in my head it's like you know you're gonna be this incredible father and you're gonna be this person that's gonna be there all the time and I'm going to show up to all the, you know, I'm going to be at every football game and I'm going to take you to, to, to the country and all that, that's the, all that type of stuff, you know, in your mind. That was a really good accent. You're going to be like, I'm going to be, you know, the best father. You're going to be a soccer mom by the sounds a, of it. A soccer mom, uh, a kind of a, a tiger father, all of it. Um, but that first night when he was crying, he wasn't latching. And I was getting tired and I was so tired and Mace was falling asleep holding him and the nurse had to come and I'm like, okay, shit. Um, I hope I can do, you know, 5% of what I need to do uh, because it, I just like, this is relentless. Like the baby doesn't, you know, they doesn't understand. He doesn't know about breaks. He doesn't know like, oh, uh, we've been up for, you know, 36 hours and we just need a bit of a rest and he doesn't realize his mom is you know, um, barely able to keep her eyes. And it's just like, no, no, you, you have to keep going. And that's when I, I think that was such a huge wake up call. Um, and I, I think the biggest realization, the biggest change in expectation to what it means to be a father, um, which, you know, thankfully uh, was something I definitely experienced with mine is just to be there. You know, it's like, it really is that thing of, I'm sure you've all heard and read. It's like 50% of of it is just showing up and i really feel that because just being there next to mace even though there's not much i could do was enough and i'm with malik now you know he's hit his four month being there is, is just the biggest thing that i can do yo so mazen i kind of experienced the same thing as you um very similar in a sense where like showing up was important but maybe <laughs> where, where, where did you go when <laughs> showing up showing up you know you gotta you gotta bring your a game to the to the to the football field every Clear time you comes. full heart you gotta show up you Can't gotta show lose. up dog it's a miracle so no. <laughs> i mean for me it was uh maybe a little bit different to you but i had expectations um first expectation i had was oh it's going to be a boy for some reason i expected it was going to be a boy where i mean i should have never expected that because there was never any <laughs> indication that it was going to be a male so it was, it was the myths that got you right yeah it was, these you hear, fucking myths man <laughs> you hear a lot about these myths about how baby is sitting in mom's oh belly God, it was, it's a boy it's a boy she's everyone. her beauty i guess everyone told sarah oh you're having a boy and they fucked tell. with my head dude I can tell by the way you're carrying that you're having a boy. Yeah, no, no, no. They, they, they fucked with me. I mean, nonsense. Yeah, no, no, absolute, absolute nonsense. And look, to be honest with you, look, I, I'll be the first to say that it took a long time for me to connect with Aya. Um, I don't think it's just because I, I thought it was going to be a boy, but I think that definitely that was played an element or played a role in that because 
I had always imagined myself going to soccer practice. I, I, why did I say soccer? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that, man. Why have we become American? <laughs> we have no, I had always imagined myself like, oh, I'm gonna this. He's gonna be the best footballer. We're gonna. He's gonna be daddy's boy, man. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna go to the beach. He's gonna wear a fitted cap backwards like me. And you know, I built so many stories. I never thought, what kind of father do I want to be to a girl? Hmm. So when she came out, it still took me a while. Like. I mean, fast forward now, we're a year and three months in. I was at five or six months into the pregnancy reading um, or listening to videos that were basically saying, uh, you know, other dads that struggle to connect with the, with the baby. And I genuinely think that was out of expectation. Um, I think it was out of expectation and thinking that I'm going to play the same role as the mother and wanting to have that same connection that she has. And I don't know if it's an element of jealousy or what it is, um, but I definitely did experience that. Um, I found it tough to navigate between what I wanted Aya to give me and what she was actually giving me. Um, and I would say that, I mean, I'm not, not going to sit here and give some some type of advice, but like if I would say anything, I think men should really manage their expectations. We need to all manage our expectations. Um, you know, at the end of the day, your your partner has a nine month head start. <laughs> She's been carrying this little thing, you know, for nine months. So you can't expect to come in there and and kind of expect that this baby is going to want you just as much as she wants mommy. So for me, I mean, definitely managing expectations is a crucial part of it. Look, thank God I have an amazing relationship with my daughter now. We understand each other. When she can't be bothered for me, I'm just like, cool, just get lost. Do your own thing. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I'm going to go play football. But um, no, she's she's lovely. And But I Wait, would not, say... not soccer? <laughs> not soccer. Soccer Sac- practice. But yeah, managing expectations, I would say, is, is a big thing. I mean, whether it's gender, man- whether it's managing the expectation of a specific gender that you're after or whether it's managing the expectation of what you think a relationship should be like but you need to kind of face the reality that it's not going to be what you think it is especially if it's your first and you don't know what to expect no i mean absolutely i think very very crucial point you mentioned the nine month head start um plays a massive factor in it and and it's it's just i guess mazen would you say that you reminding yourself because i had to do this a lot not that I was going through any 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 issues myself, but I, I I sort of just reminded myself that yes, baby needs mom more than she needs me at the moment. And like you said before, just being there as the husband, being there, being a, a support system, being well the main support system, I guess, for mom and baby, um, was really the most you can do. Besides running for documents like the birth certificate and passport and all uh, the all of that as well. Yeah, all the admin. I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking about the first couple of weeks. Again, you touched on this earlier with the uh, the pandemic. I guess we gave birth just before, a couple of months before COVID-19 kicked in. So we had, I guess from month two, month three onwards, we had the, uh, well, we both had the benefit of, of being at home a lot with baby and just uh, spending a lot of that time. So the connection did build up uh, between, well, between us both, but obviously between me specifically, because I guess dad and baby are starting from zero. So, and I guess it really, really kicked into gear even further when we started introducing bottle feeds. Mm. Um, 
because I guess, uh, yeah, she wasn't so reliant on mummy's boobs anymore. Well, as much. Yeah, you know, actually, that was also something that um, Mace had used to tell me that Rami bottle feeds, does the 10 p.m. bottle feed. Um, but I think Malik's my boy. They should just not spend any time together anymore. And I'm sure... Uh, I get told off for not buying gifts. Mazen bought Mace <laughs> a lovely Mother's Day gift. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I swear, I and... The thing is, I think Malik's my boy in the sense that he got my back. Uh, that he doesn't take the bottle, so it's not a, it's not a, it's not really a big option um, for him. You know, for me as well. Obviously, f- from the sounds of it, it could be something positive. But there's, I'm sure there's a lot of ways. I'm I'm incredibly protective of my reading time to him. I make sure that's something that only I do, um, and I definitely, you know, uh, agree. The work from home setup is really, really helpful. It's conducive to being around, to engaging with Malik properly, to to seeing him. You know, we started going back to the office recently and already I'm hitting those days where I'm back home at six thirty and he sleeps at seven. So it's like I get him I get him maybe for a little bit in the morning and then I get him um in the in the evening for like half an hour. So you know, I, I can't imagine that being the full time or the full way. Um, but which I know... Is, which is actually what, I guess, traditionally a lot of fathers go through. Um, they they rely on videos, WhatsApp videos, WhatsApp pictures, I guess, through, during the workday. And then they get their time uh, during the weekend. That's it. And it just feels like such a, a shame, I guess, a loss, right? So it is a bit of an asterisk next to our... Uh, next to our experiences well, yeah. with COVID-19 and spending a lot of a lot more time at home. 100%. And I think, um, you know, one... Which helps, which definitely helps that connection and building that connection with... Uh, That's with it. Baby. It's, it's a, such a big thing, again, just to, to really be there. And I think the biggest thing for me as well that maybe we didn't get a chance to touch on is the, the financial concerns. I know that was a first thought when Mace was pregnant. It was the first thought when... Uh, you know, we're holding Malik, we're bringing him home. The financial burdens that we can potentially face, am I up to that? Am I going to be able to afford to give this guy a good life, you know? Um, is that something that I'll be able to manage? You know, life is getting more expensive uh, the financial challenges, the financial burdens are only increasing. Uh, you know, we hear things like people already looking at nurseries for their one month old and the costs associated with all of that and clothes and, you know, setting up the room and you might need a bigger car and all of these things just seem to pile up. And it's it's kind of the biggest challenge, I would say, um, is the financial one. Uh, and I think, you know, I have, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for for both of you as well, but just the, the benefit of having an understanding partner is uh, a huge thing. And I know Mace is incredibly understanding of that. And she plays a very supportive role. Um, you know, there I would have sleepless nights sometimes where I would feel like, am I going to be able to provide for this, this boy in the way that he needs it? Um, when... It's not. It's not always a, a straightforward thing, you know. We have jobs now, but 
that those things can change where we're based in dubai now but that can change you know there's so many things that might happen and am i able to 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 rise to that challenge i mean especially in today's climate i mean we've seen how one occurrence or one event the pandemic obviously has had a huge effect on so many families out there so we we can never really take anything for granted um and yes building a family means more more uh, more financial what's the word i'm looking for responsibility burden more financial responsibilities exactly now burden has a negative connotation i like i like responsibilities <laughs> i always uh, joke with mace basically i tell her you know if you because she sometimes says i want three maybe four children i'm like if we have four i i have to die at 68 because mm. my budget doesn't allow me to live longer than that. <laughs> like that that would be the extent of how much i can afford to be alive after that i need to go yeah ah. the financial element was also um and for me the financial element didn't come into play at all um till i would say covid um when there was a lot of uncertainty and um there was you know we didn't know what was going on salaries were going down um, people are losing their jobs so that for me was a period which was scary but i do feel um I, i'd like to say a positive thing here because definitely having a baby has made me a lot more hardworking and driven and um and not really afraid of not having money. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, for me, I, I can definitely reason with going through, um, let's say, the stress of of you know the financial responsibilities that I've had to um, almost take on my shoulder entirely. Um, it was already a common understanding between me and Sarah that we were going to go into the um, predefined gender roles and we were both comfortable with that. You know, I'm going to assume the financial responsibility. She's going to, you know, give everything she can to be um, a really involved mom. You know, we don't want our, our kids to be raised by nannies. You know, we wanted to do it all ourselves. So obviously that extra element of uh, financial, let's say, responsibility for me personally, again, everyone's different, but for me personally, it actually helped drive me further. Um, it helped get my mind in the right place, I would say. It helped me take life more seriously, take my job more seriously. And especially during COVID when there was so much uncertainty, where all my life I thought that when being under pressure, I would crumble. It did the opposite, actually. I, I started to really thrive under pressure. I started to really look for solutions. I started to try and find um, ways to just improve myself as a person. Um, and I and I want to thank Aya for that, actually. I want to thank my daughter for that because I wouldn't be driving myself if it wasn't for her. I, I really, I wouldn't. So that, I would say, is probably from a personal standpoint, one of the happiest you know things i've going through is she's actually teaching me how to be a better person um so that's amazing yeah. that's amazing and that Beautiful. also kind of that's that's the secret i think now i understand why you're having number two you saw the effect that, that number one had <laughs> and you're trying to double <laughs> like, that by going for number two <laughs> and this time it's a boy Fast it's like forward, a, it's gonna be like five and i'm just like shit this shit just reversed i'm like <laughs> <laughs> have you guys have you guys seen uh have you guys seen that movie limitless yeah so this is the same scenario except instead of pills Babies. Tarek's just popping out those babies. Sorry, Sarah's popping out the babies. Tarek is jizzy. 
Tarikus. I wonder where the tipping point is. Is it like once you get past three, suddenly? You know what? I actually recently was reading that there basically a lot of science shows that having only three children can actually put quite a bit of pressure on families. But after three, having four plus, the pressure somehow dissipates. So either know. you have two or four? <laughs> Essentially, that's what science shows. So like, it's a, it's a, mm. it peaks at three and then it starts. And then it just improves. Like it'll improve everything. The pressure, no. The pressure just dissipates. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway, Rami, I know you wanted to. to no, I mean, that's a very interesting point, actually. I think you've done a lot more, uh, a lot more reading than, than, that's a very, I like that. Keynesian mm. like economics. I'll share, I'll share with you guys <laughs> the info. But, um, besides the financial i mean one thing i wanted to add that's very it's true i mean i think having a child motivates you to wanting more for your family um but at the same time i'd say i took i guess mine and karen's health even more seriously i think i i it uh it really pushed me to want to eat cleaner well both of us to, i'm sort of that annoying husband at home telling karen why did you get these snacks She's actually got better with she buys them and then I end up eating them. <laughs> and my Smart. willpower is so bad. If Smart. it's there, if I see it, that's it. Game over. Eat it. Um, so it, it really, I, I'm, I'm I like, I take, I take health a little bit more seriously. I mean, I've always enjoyed sports and, and uh, going to the gym, but now I think I, I, I'm trying to eat a little bit cleaner. I think just being there for Chloe is, is, the most important thing uh mm. trying to keep healthy trying to maintain an active lifestyle number one you know you don't want anything bad to happen to you you, you always want to be there for your child and number two you hope that um, by you leading a, ha- a healthy lifestyle directly will want to make your child do the same exactly. so i think that's, that that's role models yeah you want to be yeah, a good role model that's one thing um the other thing actually i wanted to ask both of you about is is how did the entry of a new person in the household affect your relationship with uh, with wifey uh, personally speaking i mean we we, we obviously we, we have a great understanding and i feel that we've both done such a good job as as parents so far and we're still learning and developing as well um but one thing we've actually come to realize lately is that we we haven't given each other that that time we i guess go through uh the long arduous days sometimes of taking care of baby and then doing our respective work that by the time baby's down for for her nighttime nap we're both just crashing in front of the tv and uh not really doing as many date nights or or just having us time Mm. so i mean how would you how would you how did you find that transition um i would say that Definitely our relationship has changed, me and Sarah's. Um, um, there has been obviously beautiful moments, but no one wants to hear about the beautiful moments. You know, yeah, of course, everything is beautiful when things are going well, great, fantastic. But at the same time, definitely there's a lot of challenges that have come up as a result of having an extra person in the household, whether it's a difference in parenting styles, whether it's um, just general disagreements or someone ends up using a swear word in front of her and it's just a reason to say no you know you shouldn't be swearing because you know we don't want to make it a habit so like Mm. everything just becomes 
I guess, more about what do you think is right for this kid? And the, and the reality is, is that you and your partner are definitely not going to be aligned 100% on everything. You know, there's going to be many things that you're not aligned on unless you guys are the perfect marriage, which I don't think exists. So for us, me and Sarah, even though we share the same values or for the most part, the same values, there are differences in our parenting styles and approaches. And that's definitely a cause for conflict. So for me, navigating how, how around... Would you, uh, how would you resolve those? With an arm wrestle or... Uh Usually, to be Good honest, fashion pillow fights. <laughs> oh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it depends on the situation, but a lot of the times, I find that it it just gets to the point where we're just like, what are we arguing about anymore? <laughs> like, we started off by discussing that no, let's not put her to bed now, and then suddenly now we're discussing where she's going to school, and you know, it just it just sometimes it just escalates and goes down this you know path of discussing things that are nothing to do with the initial topic and it's just yeah i mean it's uh i don't know how to answer that question no, that's Rami. a fair point i mean I, I i was actually more in the sense of it was just the two of you in the household right before baby so the focus is on each other you do i mean you spend your you, you do most of your nights are together whether that's uh, at home or out with friends or out alone on dates. And then all of a sudden you have this baby to look after and obviously your, your, your priorities change, right? So at some point, do you sort of start neglecting each other because you're so focused on this, on this beautiful little baby and just uh, keeping, them, keeping them well fed, keeping them happy, keeping them healthy, keeping them well, you know, well yeah, rested. And then as soon as you're done with with that responsibility and and your own work you're sort of you've got your own time your me time and then you kind of neglect your partner i mean i mean no blame mm. on on mm. either party right but mm. that more more in that sense that sort of neglecting the uh the husband and wife relationship mm. uh, i mean we've recently That's spoken about that and tried to like well we've we've sort of like realized oh yeah actually it has been a while since we've done a proper date night where you know, we'll leave baby with, uh, with you know, the gr- one of the grandmothers or grandfathers, and just say like, okay, let's let's spend some us time tonight, or let's cook at home, or let's let's go watch a movie or whatever it is. So we're we've recently started to really um, reignite that that uh, I don't want to say spark. I mean, we've always still had that that spark or flame, but just reignite that passion and that spontaneity that sort of went away while we've been looking after baby i know we've had uh you know we we tried to maintain that because it was a concern that mace had um always and i think for us a way that we've kind of maintained a little bit of that flame is uh in, in a very physical way we've snuck some quickies um in random spots in the house obviously (laughs) um i don't want to say regularly like it was before malik but we still have uh, no that's very that's very important that's relations you know there's 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 many dimensions right there's the emotional needs the physical needs and as long as i I mean you're meeting i mean i guess yeah you have to do whatever whatever you have to do to uh, it just it it helps i i it's one of those things i don't want to say it's a quick fix at all it's not that you still obviously put effort and time and care into your relationship but the physical intimacy the emotional intimacy that you get from sex is really useful that it can help us you know go you know six seven days without 
um, feeling like we're on edge, you know? Mm. Uh, and I actually do see that the moment we have sex, we don't fight as much, you know? We're a little bit more affectionate. Uh, and that usually lasts like seven days. Seeing as we're coming up to the end of the episode, what's what advice would you give to a new mom and a new father on this new journey that you wish you had been told when this new chapter started? Hmm, good question, actually. Um, I'd say for the dad, manage your expectations. And in a sense, kill the expectations that you may have about how um, involved your daughter or your son's going to be with you and how attached she's going to be or he, or he's going to be with you because it's not going to be that way. I mean, you're really just going to be um, a, a big time. You're probably going to need to be more of a support to your wife than you're going to need to be um, a support for the baby you know, in, a, in a strange way. Um, so yeah, manage your expectations and know that for the first you know, prolonged period post-delivery, um, you're going to need to be that, you know, assistant to help out when mommy's tired to kind of, you know, do what you need to do to get things done. And in terms of the connection, I think sometimes it takes a while and that's completely fine. Like for me, it took maybe up to six months or even longer. I can't remember till you know, me and I really kind of started having our own thing. And that's, I guess, a piece of advice I'd give to both moms and dads that, give the father his time you know give the father his time with with um you know with with your daughter or the son or, or whatever gender it is but give the father needs that time and sometimes the father may not take the initiative to take that time himself so you know i think mothers can get involved and say look you know i'm i'm going to do my own thing for half the day you know um take the baby out and do what you want to do and that's it and i think that you know small small things can make a big difference a friend of mine recently told me that his wife went away for a weekend and before that i mean his daughter was i think she's a year and three months old he's like literally she didn't want to hang out with him and then that weekend his wife went away and she left them um together and he said after that weekend everything changed he's like literally she only wants daddy so i think it's just one of those things where dads need to make a proactive effort and moms can also support that proactive effort from the dad side i love that yeah absolutely i think uh just to sort of add a little bit more color to what you're saying Tarek, the i guess yeah this falls into the category of new advice uh, advice for new new fathers is look it's so difficult at the beginning i mean uh, what does a baby do more than you know eat sleep shit um not not much. I mean, obviously, they don't talk. It's hard to build a connection. I, fi I find that the best way, or at least I found for me, the best way to build a connection with uh, with Chloe was, was through touch. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple of examples of that were skin to skin. So we didn't just do it at the hospital early on. That was, I mean, that that obviously was, was, was a good idea on the first, uh, the first uh, day. But to do it more, you know, to do it more frequently... Uh, night times before before sleeping, bath time as well. So I would sort of take turns uh, bathing baby from every now and then. Uh, just yeah, just being there and and really trying to connect through through touch, through skin, you know, skin to skin, and bathing being being two examples. As for as for advice during the pregnancy period, I would say communication, and that works for both new mothers and new fathers. It's it's 
look if if us three or any thing to go by uh, if your husbands or anything like we are it's going to be hard for us as much as we know our respective wives it's going to be hard for a husband to truly understand what you're going through so so just communicate um obviously we can decipher body language but just communicate your needs and wants and if there's anything husbands you know new fathers can do i'm i'm sure they will gladly do that just let them know tell them tell them help us <laughs> he can't keep getting away with this what do you think mazen what would um, you say you know what i think for me uh in terms of mamas uh i really liked what you were saying thought it I and I definitely agree, Rami, with what you're saying in terms of communication, how critical uh, that is. But I think, uh, in a very selfish way, probably the advice for mamas is you know, once in a while, uh, although it seems uh, strange to say it, especially because you're going through a lot yourselves, is to you know, give that affection back to to the fathers or to the husbands. You know, let them know that you love them and that you care for them too. You know, regardless of what they are or, or how they're supporting you, you know, really give that feeling of, of that unconditional love uh, so that they also know that they have a worth beyond, you know, just, these this role of 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 a father or of a husband or of a provider you know that they are loved as they are uh, regardless of anything else and uh, in terms of fathers i think the last thing that i'll say uh, as we finish this up um, and it's something i always have to remind myself because i did exactly what Tara mentioned before when he thought he was having a boy because i did have a boy all these like hopes and dreams and i just think all, all the things he'll do better than me and he's gonna have great pecs and he's gonna be super built and you know he's gonna be active and he's gonna be smart and he's gonna speak like six languages and and i have to always constantly remind myself not to put any pressure and just let him choose to become the person that he wants to be uh obviously i can guide him i can you know uh I think there's like a Gibran Khalil, there's a Gibran Khalil Gibran quote. I can't recall the exact specifics, but essentially, you know, the ch- your child, you need to imagine them as an arrow and you can guide them as you pull it back. But the moment you release, you need to let, you know, the arrow go on its way and you can't affect the journey. You can't impact it. You've already done your part. Um, so really just not to pile this huge pressure onto um, the baby because you can do it so soon, so quickly. You just you have these milestones that you want them to hit and they need to be doing this. And so just kind of relax and let, let them grow. Trust in them and don't put your own pressures or your own expectations onto them because really that's what can create uh, a lot of resentment and that could make it a lot more challenging and i think all that starts at the very very start well said absolutely this has been fun yes yeah i've had a good time actually it's been, and it's been um, good bands if anyone out there enjoyed that please like follow and 
comment if you think we should start up our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it probably <laughs> won't be about fatherhood. Uh, most likely about soccer. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Ted Lasso. Just three three dudes being dudes. Banazu. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank Mo. you for listening, everyone. Thank you. Cheers.